You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron and I get the awesome pleasure of sharing great information with you guys and I'm just enjoying this. I want to say thank you, number one, for you guys showing up to this uh, and just join us on the podcast. I don't know if you're just driving into work or if you're just listening while you're cutting the grass or doing whatever. We're just so happy you're here. And as always, our vision, my vision, anyone's vision involved with the podcast is just to bring you some great information from some great thinkers to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today we're going to cover a very, very important topic. Today I interview one of our amazing coaches over here, and her name is Heather Crockett. And we share our top leadership lessons that we've seen, observed, or used in 2022. So hope you enjoy the episode. We'll see you soon. guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show, where I get to do the cool stuff of sharing great thoughts with great thinkers to help you guys create a better practice and a better life. And today, I'm going to love this, and you are too, because one of the most important things we talk about here and coach other offices and dentists alike with this concept is leadership. And so, I have Heather Crockett on, who is an amazing coach here. Heather, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, Kirk. I always love coming to chat with you. I always love having a chat with you too. And if you guys don't know what we do, we're a coaching company. So we coach dentists and um, a lot of the conversations we have on a daily basis are raw, like real conversations. And so dentists are really great people. The people that we end up usually working with have great core values. Our values usually align, but they're working hard in a good practice. And in order to grow, they kind of get stuck a little bit. And one of the places that we start is like, you're the leader. And as grows the leader and the leadership team, so goes the practice. And so Heather, you coach great practices. Today, we're gonna share some raw lessons in leadership. What are some of your favorite things that you've learned in this whole process as you coach other practices? Great question, Kirk. I actually have to be transparent. I learn every day about leadership and the aspects of leadership. I don't have it all figured out quite yet, Um, but I draw, my inspiration from you, Kirk, is to get from books. There you go. <laughs> and so that's where I have been getting a lot of my inspiration. 
And what inspired our topic today on this podcast is that we we are going to get from these books how we can improve our leadership. Yeah. And so there's two components to this as you're listening to this is number one, obviously, the better you get to be as a leader, whether it be in parenting, having a dog, you know, having a company, having a practice, having employees, the better things get for you. That's one piece of it. And then there's going to be a certain point where you've got this second path, which is developing leaders. So my first lesson today, probably the most powerful thing I've learned this year and it's, it's, I learned it a little bit last year about driving it home this year is that I had someone say to me a long time ago, you're not really a great leader until you develop other great leaders. And then I heard somebody say, well, you're not really a great leader until you develop other great leaders that can develop other great leaders. And I'm like, oh, wow. Now it puts a very good perspective on it. And let me tell you why that's so important for me this year. And that's my, one of my top lessons is I put the onus on me for so many years to be a better communicator, to be more clear to put together a plan to inspire people. And while so many of those things are important, there's a certain point where you can only put so much pressure on yourself and you realize I'm not good at some of these things. I just need to develop other people and you find so much joy. I'm a big fan of, you know, the abundance theory and abundance comes quicker. It comes bigger. It comes faster. It comes more joyful when you develop other people. And I can think of Chris on our team who has just developed into an amazing, I think of you in this respect, becoming a great leader. And when it's so much fun, when you can empower other people to become great leaders, it just takes the pressure off of you and they enjoy it. Right. And you get to see this too, in your daily coaching of practices. Absolutely. Yeah. And And to that point, when you're developing these other leaders, you're also leaning on them to help you in an area where you not, you might not have the skill, the expertise, right? So you might have a team member that does have that skill and expertise that you don't have. Developing them as a leader is only going to benefit you in the practice. Yeah, totally. And if you haven't read the book Traction, I'm a big fan of the book Traction. And I'll tell you a couple of things too. Number two is, Look, it's developing into a list already. So, and these are, and and Heather, I like how you started this whole thing. You never figure it out. I haven't figured anything out. I've just learned a few lessons. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to give you our highlights of this year of what we learned from leadership. My number two would be, you know, um, I have to take it from being so much of a, you know, a, an emotional thing to actually a, you know, a reasonable step-by-step action thing. And I love the book traction. I love what Gino Wickman talks about because it is a step-by-step-by-step-by-step left brain experience for me. And so it's a user's manual. Now I know, and I've even talked to some of you about this, you're like, oh, traction, it's very sophomoric. Yes, it is. That's what I need. I need a book that's written so simple. And when you follow it over and over and over again, you say to yourself, this really works. It works really well. I used to think core values were really important. And I knew they were important. And I didn't realize how much more you have to do with them month over month over month. I had a coach years ago tell me about this and we did it. And then you start immersing yourself in this work and you realize you've got to do it step by step by step. So lesson number two is don't try to figure out what leadership is 
follow a, a user's manual. And if you don't like traction, find something else. And so when you say get from books, I'll even share this. Heather, I have read traction probably 22 or 23 times. Now, people are like, why? Well, number one, I'm not that smart. Number two, the book never changes. Number three, I change. Every time I read it, I'm in a different vantage point. I'm at a different clearing climbing up this mountain that doesn't have a top. I've learned a little bit more about myself. I've learned about people. I've learned how to be calm, how to be consistent. And so that's a really important lesson on that front. But uh, what are some of your favorite other lessons, Heather, this year in leadership that you've learned? Oh my goodness, this year. Um, well, you know, Kirk, as an Actdental team member, we have done user manuals is what we call them. Yes. And it's, it's basically each team member answers five questions and says how to best communicate with me. What, what can you do to help me? What can you do to support me? All of those different things. And one of the things on my user manual is that I really dislike egos, right? If somebody right. comes up and thinks they are all that... <laughs> That brushes up against one of my core values. I think we've covered that in another podcast. But uh, anyway, I attended uh, an educational workshop a couple of months ago. And one of the speakers, what she was talking about really resonated with me. She highlighted a book, which what? got me so excited. I know. She highlighted this book. It's called Humbitious. Yeah. Now, Humbitious is not a word in the dictionary, right, Kirk? Um, but when she was talking about it... I. I was really, my, my interest was peaked because one of my own personal core values is humility. So I wanted to learn more about what this humbitious meant and it's combining humility and drive and ambition in leadership and what that looks like, because we don't want to be viewed as, uh, as weak as a leader, right? Um, but we need to have that humility component in order to really take our leadership to the next level. Right. So go back to that because I'm going to ask you, I love that. Now, I've not read Humbitious yet. I'm going to. So what, give me how that would show up, like Humbitious. So I understand the concept, but where would you see that? Like, give me an example of how that would appear in a dental practice or just in the regular real world. Well, humble people, you know, they believe that they can become better people than what they currently are. Mm -hmm. And they understand and realize that they can't do it alone and that they need other people to help them. So what it looks like is being willing to and openly apologizing when you make a mistake or when you don't have it all figured out. Right. <laughs> being vulnerable, right? Absolutely. Vulnerability comes into this in a huge way, a huge way, right? And I, I often see with my clients, our clients and practice owners in general, that they want their team to see them as somebody that does have it all figured out. Right. Yeah. And you don't have to, and that's a great lesson in there. And so you and I were talking before we went live. Um, I had the, the opportunity to be coached by Nito Cobain, who is the person who made High Point University so successful. And I got to, you know, I got to know him really, really well. And he coached me for over two years in his program. And he would stop me because I talk a lot. Kirk, stop talking. Stop. <laughs> And I would tell him about my frustrations and he would say, Kirk, when your team members don't do what you ask them to do, do me a favor. I go, what? Apologize to them. And he would say exactly what you were talking about. He's like, number one, 
you need to let them know that you haven't been clear enough. You know, it's never their fault that they're not doing. Now, I'll speak to the reality of it. I was like, well, you know, you don't quite understand my situation. But what I know now is he knew my situation. He had been there is you have to be humble enough to say, I don't know the answers to this. Um, and you can certainly go that direction. And if they're willing and vulnerable themselves, they'll be able to help you. But the leader has to go first in this whole process. So I love the idea of humblest because you, you know, I'm, I'm going to share this and you probably, you know, you've had a chance to work in different situations and I have too. You know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you work different places. You've worked with great bosses and you've enjoyed that. And you knew why they were great bosses. And then you worked other places where that wasn't the case, where I worked one place with one person. And I thought to myself, if I ever get a chance to own a business, I'll never, ever, ever do it that way ever. And it still drives me to this day. I'll treat people with respect. I'll be honest with them. I would never, I don't care how wealthy you become, what a terrible journey that is. And you've experienced that yourself too, right, Heather? Oh, multiple times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard for the team too. Yeah. Right. So, and any lessons that you learn as you change positions in, you know, in employment, do you go from, I mean, and I'm kind of leading you with this question, but you never go from one job that was really bad to a worse job. <laughs> I mean, if you do, <laughs> I mean, that you try doesn't not to. Yeah, you try not to. You hope that your moves are better ones, right? Yeah. To better environments. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And and you try to pick up on those cues, you know, when when you're there interviewing and hiring or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> but yes, yeah. Every everybody has room for improvement, right? Even even the great doctors that I worked for still had room for improvement and things that they could do to become a better leader. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, Pete Dawson at the ripe old age of 24 told me, he said, Kirk, don't ever tell yourself you have it all figured out because two things, number one, I, I, you know, he, I was, he was 64 when I, when he told me that I was 24. He said, it's so much fun learning from my student. I learned so much every day. I never want to have it all figured out. It keeps you young. It keeps you engaged, keeps this journey fun. And he said to me, Kirk, you know, be careful if you're ever around a dentist that has it all figured out. They're not that much fun to hang around with. And I found that to be absolutely, you know, absolutely true. So don't ever tell yourself you have it all figured out in this whole process. Now go back to one other thing you said, you said user manual. How important is a user's manual when you're becoming a better leader? Well, it's it's really important because it, it helps to identify how to best communicate with each one of your team members. And it allows for the team to start being more vulnerable with one another to say, hey, this is, this is how I feel about something. Uh, for example, in my user manual, I put that I value social time. If you come straight at me and you get straight down to business on something, I'm going to feel a little bit miffed because you didn't ask me how my weekend was. That just goes along with my preferred per personality communication style. Uh, so that's how important they are, Kirk, because even though um, another personality style that might just want to get right down to the research in the business, uh, that approach would probably offend me. Yeah. And it's nothing that they did wrong. It's just that they didn't understand. They didn't know how to communicate with me until the user manual was created. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, many of you are familiar with some type of personality or communication styles. Things like DISC is a favorite of mine, or Colby, or Strengths Finders, or, you know, there's many of them. And those are amazing. Number one, to create some self-awareness. So that would be like another lesson I would say is like find out who you are as fast as possible. This is not a great video to watch, but I'm going to tell you it's one of my favorite of all time. There is a video that Gary Vanderchuk did to the USC School of Business. Now, I'm not a fan of the language, but the lesson is brilliant. And about four minutes into the video, it's pretty much all you need to watch. It's one of the best things I've ever heard in business, ever, on leadership. He says something to this regard. I would encourage you guys, and he's talking to young entrepreneurs, Go all, find out who you are as fast as possible. Take every test on the planet. Have every family member around you tell you exactly who you are. Get super clear about who you are. And then go all chips in on your strengths. Like bet everything on your strengths. Don't try to develop your weaknesses. Spend the rest of your life doing something that supports who you are. And had I gotten that lesson or received that lesson early in my 20s, I would have saved a lot of time. Now back to what you're saying in leadership is you can certainly use all this to communicate with people. So I love DISC and I was a fan of DISC for years. And then we started doing user manuals and you're telling people exactly how to communicate with you so that we can be in great relationship together. Now I'm going to go extra low. I am not the easiest person to work with. I like being fun, but I'm also super picky about what I want and how I want it to look and all that kind of stuff. And my favorite question any team members ever ask me is, what do you want? Or what do you want this to look like? Oftentimes I got in trouble with people who are like, let me build this. Let me show it to you. I'm like, that's not what I wanted, you know? So I've tempered it in, in leadership knowing I can't always get everything I want. But if, you, if I know who I am and I know who you are, Heather, we can now start to put these together. And the user manual is really awesome because you can hand it to somebody. And we went around in our last team session and shared. It's actually a really fun team event to our team building thing because I laughed out loud when we reviewed that because you see it show up and you remember those stories. And so if you're looking for a fun activity, that would improve your leadership and improve your culture, do the user manual ex experience. And so if you need help with that, you can reach out to Heather. Look at this. I'm going to, I'm going to totally volunteer you. It's Heather at actdental.com. She'll send you all the information you need. And as a bonus, I'll send you my user manual that I wrote and gave to everybody else and go, this is how you need to commute. Well, I wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm a wuss. I'm not <laughs> like, but like, um, it helps with improving how we communicate because I hate, you know, be, being super high on the eye profile in disc. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I often get my feelings hurt. And so that's a good step in the right direction. So cool, cool, cool. Any other sure. lessons that, Oh, go ahead. I know you have some. Yes. I wanted, well, I wanted to circle back to um, the video that you referenced from Gary V. Um, it's, it's all about identifying your weaknesses. And that's a really hard thing to do. Why? Okay, so you, Tell us why. You can have this, you can have, because we don't want to see ourselves in that negative light. We don't want to say, oh, I did something wrong, or I made a mistake, or I'm not as good as I could be, right? So we, we really need to identify loving critics and then allow them to give us specific feedback. 
Uh, and then we need to make sure that we don't have the walls up. We cannot be defensive when they are giving us this feedback. You need to, you need to be open, have this open mindset when you are asking your, your loving critic <laughs> for this information and then thank them. Make, make sure that you, you lean in and you're curious and listening and trying to understand what it is that they're telling you. Yeah. And then thank them for giving you the feedback. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it is one of the most powerful to realize, like you said, what your weaknesses are. Let's talk about our strengths and really lean, lean into those strengths. Yeah. And to give you guys, I love what you're saying, Heather. It's so true. And to give you some even further steps to do, when you hire people, ask them this question. Would you like coaching? And most people are going to say yes. If somebody says no, don't hire them. And then when you're working with them, say, remember, I asked you this question when we hired you. Are you open to coaching? Because I'd like to give you some coaching. That's a great way to preface what you're going to share next. Because if you often give them feedback without that, it's going to come as an attack. Now, the second piece is this, is I think it's true, Heather, people have to get over like learning what they suck at and being okay with that. Now, I was there. I remember being in my 20s and 30s, feeling the pressure of having it all to figure it out. And then I went to strategic coach and work with Dan Sullivan and did something called the unique ability uh, exercise. And I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. You can actually Google it. It's called the uh, unique ability. He actually has a book. It's a wonderful book. And he has an entire workbook on how to do it. Now, while I was in there, I actually did it for the entire day. And what you have to do is figure out what your unique ability is. It's two or three things, or maybe four, but it's never 10 of things that you have a unique ability there's never ending improvement. You get joy from it. You're actually excellent at it. People give you, you get feedback all the time that you're good at it. So it's not about like what you would want to be good at it. It clearly identifies what you good at. And one of the key pieces in your unique ability experience as becoming a better leader is, and trust me, I'm not there yet, is you experience never ending improvement. It's never enough. You never get fatigued at improving whatever your unique ability is. And it also brings multiples of value to other human beings. Now, another valuable piece of the experiment, which I'm going to encourage you guys all to do, is you really have to list out what, what you suck at. And back in the days, he used to call it love loathe. And so we'd have to draw a piece of paper and then we'd have to spend the whole day, things we love, things we loathe. And so it was great. And I came back to my team and I said to my team here at Act Dental, you guys, I learned this week that I suck at a lot of things. And they all said, we know. And so <laughs> I started the journey of stopping to doing, stop, stop doing the things that I suck at. Now, Traction also has the same exercise, a similar exercise. It's called uh, Delegate and Elevate, where you actually uh, organize all the things that you do into four different quadrants. And over the period of one thing per quarter is you start to delegate the things that you're not good at. And I'll encourage you guys to take a look at that. And what you find is that there are other people that are good at that. What you end up doing is giving more energy to things that you are good at, and you reduce the amount of energy or time you give to things that you suck at. And naturally, as you can imagine, things get better. I would be the worst dentist ever to do financial arrangements. I think I would just give it all away and be okay with it, you know, but uh, there are people that are good at those things. So I think it's important to figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at. Other thoughts that you have, Heather, that you, we've learned this year in leadership. 
Oh my goodness. Well, let's, can we talk for a minute about this awesome book? Yes. Think again. So that's our book for the quarter. It's called Think Again by Adam Grant. And what it, uh, what it's doing for me now, it is not an easy read. It's an important one. So I, I, this is, you guys, I'm going to bear my soul. This is a book I've had to go back and go, okay, wait a minute. That was really heavy. I have to go back and really understand what he's saying, but it was so good. And what I'm learning through this, you know, great piece of information is you need to pause at times before you climb Mount Stupid. He calls it Mount Stupid. I've been at the top of Mount Stupid many times where I'm so confidently wrong, <laughs> you know, and he describes all these other things. But what I'm allowing myself to do through that research and through how he teaches is just to slow down and not necessarily react as fast. I'll give you a specific example. There are emails I write now, but I don't send them. I'll write them and go, I'm not going to send this until tomorrow. And then I just delete it because that was not, I would have sent that with the wrong state of mind. I didn't know enough. I've often done that with texts too. So I'm teaching myself through that book to just slow down and just think a little bit better before I react. And I've said this many times in the podcast, Covey used to say this, and I'm going to totally screw this up, but the brilliance in the world of anyone is between stimulus and response. It's between what happens to you and how you respond to it. We're all, you know, products of our choices. I tell my kids, make good choices. You know, you being a dentist, you're going to make choices. Do I do that or do that? And we're all products of that. So what are your, some of biggest lessons through that research, Adam Grant? Um, well, I have to be transparent. See, look, I'm being transparent. I've only made it through chapter three so far. Right. And so in the beginning, he talks a lot about rethinking and being okay with being wrong and not only being okay when you're wrong, but rejoicing and getting excited when you're wrong, because then you're learning something. Right. Right. And so you're chapter three, where if you guys remember the Blackberry and the iPhone emerged. And so I'm going to screw up the statistics because I never get those right. But Blackberry had the majority of you know, the market share and the person behind the Blackberry could not understand nor embrace the idea of simplification. Thought it was dumb, thought it was terrible. And in no time became one of the smallest percentages in the marketplace and I never, you know, I think Blackberries, you, I giggle when people say Blackberry now, like, why would you even, you know, and I remember moving to one, you know, one button, all that kind of stuff. And that's just a small example, but you're exactly right. I think rejoicing and when you're wrong and when you're wrong, it's okay because you can't repeat the wrong over and over again. So it's really, really good stuff. I would also right. say, I'm going to add one more thing and it's this. Leadership, and I've learned this, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about what's going on. Raising teenagers is fun. It's more fun than ever. Now, is it perfect? No. But I've been sharing with my team and even my friends, you know, this is a weird time we are with our kids because I'm not mad at them all the time. You know, now I've got a 21, a 19, and a 17. 
uh, and a 14. And so I'm having more fun now with them than being on them all the time. You got to do this. You got to do. And granted, I wasn't mad at all, but you feel the, you feel the pressure of a parent, like instructing your kids, making sure they do it. Now they're kind of like the wheels are off. Training wheels are off. Now they got to learn how to ride the bike, you know, and you're going to give them, you're always going to be their parent. And, um, as they make mistakes as a, you know, even a young adult. And we just had this recently in my house. I told my kids, listen, you know, good news travels fast, but bad news travels faster. And I repeat, I've been repeating it over and over and over again, because some of my children have the same communication build as I do. You know, they want to be nice. They don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I'm like, you guys, anything goes wrong. I want you to go to mom with bad news really fast, like lightning fast. If this is really bad. It happened. What'll happen is number one, we'll trust you faster. Do you know what I mean? We can deal with it faster. The more you let it fester and grow, it takes on new shapes, new sizes. It destroys trust. You know, you take steps backwards and I'll tell you, it's a lesson that even though I'm trying to teach my kids, I'm learning it. Let's use it right away, really fast. And I'm telling you, it is so much fun to, tr to make the transition to, okay, something really bad happened. In, in our company, we use it, we call it cascading. So we cascade good news, bad news, doesn't matter. Here it comes, it's good. We've decided this, 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 this. Here it comes, it's bad, bam, 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 bam. And it's so freeing. It's so cliche, but it's true. The truth will set you free. And now, Maybe it's the combination of aging. Maybe it's the combination around being such great people. Maybe it's the combination about learning about myself, learning about others. But the, you know, as you get older, your filter goes away. So you don't care as much anymore. And you find it so freeing to go, this is not good. Here it is. Bam. And now everyone can trust you with it. They don't react as, you know, as adversely to it. So my last and maybe final lesson is to like tell the truth as fast as possible and then even over tell the truth. I'm going to give you too many details about what went wrong so that you, when you see it, you go, I already knew this was going to happen, <laughs> you know? So um, it's really, really good stuff. And you see doctors all the time that we coach, they lean into this level. People say honest all the time, but honesty is, it's, it's an action. <laughs> it's not a word. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a motion. It's a communication and it is so cool. So think about this. If you're a partner, if you have a partner or you have a second partner or you have a spouse or you have a member of your leadership team, there's nothing more freeing than going, listen, well, you're probably not going to agree with this. You're probably not going to like this, but here it comes. And you can agree at the end of the day, we're going to get aligned on how we deal with this and how we lead everybody else. It's one of the greatest moments of your life as a business owner or as a business leader. Any, uh, any last thoughts you have, Heather, as we wrap up our lessons in leadership for this year? Yeah, we, we yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, advice, things, yes. Wait, what advice would you give me? I'm a 32 year old dentist. Listen to this. I'm just starting this journey and owning my own practice. I've been up and down. I'm trying to figure it out. I know I have to become a better leader. What would you say to me? Don't be afraid to be transparent with yourself and with your team, embrace humility, uh, grant yourself and your team grace, understand that it's okay to make mistakes because you learn sometimes the quickest when you make that mistake and allow your team members to make those mistakes as well. And um, just in really hitting home that transparency with your team 
it will make you more human. Yeah. Find out who you are with a DISC assessment or any other personality style like we talked about before, um, and then apologize when you do make a mistake or you don't communicate. Bam. You said it all. That's all you need. So. And then as, keep learning. And keep learning. And don't get stop it, learning. <laughs> you know, and I'll wrap this up with one last piece because you said it perfectly, Heather. I think you got to have somebody giving you feedback. So I think one of the hardest things you could ever do as a dentist or as a business owner is just say, I can do this on my own. That's silly. That's either negligent or ignorant. It just is. I mean, I now have a virtual, not a virtual, but actual real board of retired, you know, CMOs, CFOs. It's awesome because they'll just go, nope, you're the problem. This is silly. And they can hold me accountable to things. I think it's really important that when you get somebody in your life that can give you feedback, it changes your life. Now you have to pay for it because if you don't pay for this person, it's called advice. <laughs> and very rarely do you ever follow advice, but if you pay for it, it's called coaching, which is different, or it's called therapy, or it's called help. It's called professional help because you'll listen to somebody that you've actually, even if it's a small amount, but I think it's really important that you give yourself space that somebody can give you authentic feedback and go, okay, listen, you're the problem here. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is fix the problem. And so we're going to start with you and then you're going to cascade this to the rest of your team and you're going to be okay. When you learn these lessons and apply them, your life gets better. Your practice gets better. Everything gets better. Heather, that was awesome. Thanks for being on. It was great, Kirk. I hope you have me back soon. All the time. Yes. So um, stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening. We'll keep offering up what we're learning in this whole process. And again, the whole mojo, the whole vision, the whole focus of this podcast is just one thing. We don't have everything figured out. We're on this journey with you. But you can expect one thing. Every time you show up to listen to this podcast, our hope is to give you some information from some great thinkers to improve your practice and your life. And I hope we did that for you today. So until we see you guys next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys have a great day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.